Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hey, everybody. On today's show of Think Yourself Healthy, I have a very special guest with me. We have the one, the only Kelly Pitts, also known as the Femininity Doctor. And if you guys are not (laughs) following her already on Instagram, you are missing out. So I encourage you right now, pull your phone out and hit follow. So Kelly is about showing women how to relax into their femininity, attract high value men, and master relationships. Kelly, I am so excited to have an opportunity to chat with you today. Um, This is something very personal for me. I have, you know, a long history of struggling with um, attracting high value men. Okay. Have a lot to talk about. So thank you very much for joining us today on this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. No problem, Heather. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, I this is such a blessing. And it's such a I'm so excited to really dive into some of these very challenging topics for people to discuss openly, vulnerably, and really truly be transparent in order to identify what the blocks are. What are the things that are holding them back from truly being able to achieve what they desire? Oh, yeah. Kind of tell me a little bit, how did you get uh, started on this path? What what really um, got you attracted to this whole femininity um, movement. Wow. So this is just my calling. This is my purpose. This is literally why I'm here. Right. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to understand my God given purpose and calling, I had to embark on a journey to healing. And I did that at 18 years old. I know. And today I'm 30 years old and that healing took 12 years, 12 years later, my feet Uh, finally landed. I was committed to living in forgiveness and uh, vulnerability and transparency. And, you know, um, I would, I would spend a lot of time doing things and I would want to heal from those things. And I would commit to healing from those things. And as I ascended to new levels, God would start to reveal to me slowly, but surely, this is what you're going to do. This is why you're here. Your pain, your being raised in a narcissistic household was not for nothing. I used you to go through all these things so that you could reach back and show other women what healing really looks like, what they can achieve when they commit to it, and then why we must get to the other side of our brokenness because there's so much beauty over here. And we as a, as a feminine race, we cannot afford to stay angry and broken anymore there's so much that needs to be done in this world and femininity is a big part of it i'm actually at a loss for words because i'm in such awe of that beautiful explanation and it truly resonates to uh with me at my core of my being and i can i feel very um very much the same in the sense that all of the trauma, challenges, you know, obstacles that I've had to face in my lifetime have all been 
here to serve me. And through the suffering and the pain and the healing, it's allowed me to experience. And through that experience, I have the ability to share and help others heal physically, mentally, and emotionally. So, God. So beautiful, but how many 18-year-olds realize that this is their calling? I mean, how many 18-year-olds <laughs> know they need healing? No, you know what, Heather, and that's such a that's such a true statement. And when I was going through, I was I was broken. I think I realized I was broken around maybe 15. And so going to college and no longer being in the home, you know, with essentially the the the, the person who caused me all this pain really <laughs> really uh was it was eye-opening because now i'm in the real world you know i don't have my parents you know i don't have that that crutch and dealing with other people and just seeing how they would react to me like this there's something very off with this person sweet person well-intentioned person sure but this is just not normal that you know sometimes the things you say sometimes the things you do you know, me really running hard after other people for acceptance and then constantly feeling rejected, going through friends, going through um, dating relationships, you know, and nothing being successful for me. And so by the time I was 18, it was so very clear. I just knew I had no other choice. And I said, I am unhappy. I used to be happy, you know, and if I can just get back to that place of happiness, I'll do whatever, you know, my God tells me to do. So I just knew it. <laughs> and I don't even think it was my choice, Heather. I think God was just really nudging at me like, I have something big for you. And you're going to be on this journey for a very long time before you know what that big thing is. But you need to start walking towards this healing. You need to do it now. Gosh, that is so beautiful. I mean, thank you. So thank you for all that you have done to heal yourself because you, you know, are helping to heal the feminine as a collective. So I am so appreciative of you being able to yeah. recognize that <laughs> showing up to do the work. It's beautiful. Man, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to have goosebumps this entire uh, podcast episode. I can feel it. I feel <laughs> Feel your energy and your strength and your your light is so bright and it's crazy for the listeners we can't see each other and so I can feel her in my presence it's a very very beautiful beautiful energy thank you <laughs> so I want to dive into the femininity stuff and um I have been working you know unfortunately with my past I've really embraced the more masculine qualities and, and energies within me for survival. And, oh, yeah. And so um, similar to you, lots of narcissism, lots of codependency, um, you know, self-worth, self-acceptance, so many things, right? And so my healing journey started, gosh, I thought the answer for me was to have a child at 19 and get married. I thought that was the fix to escape the environment. Growing up as a child, I was diagnosed with a learning disability at a very young age. And so um, I was told I was dumb and had a grandmother who reminded me regularly that 
it didn't matter if I wasn't, you know, smart because I was pretty and because I was pretty, I would find a man to take care of me. And so that's kind of the script that I accepted for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was the birth of my first daughter that really initiated the healing process for me because ultimately I found out I was actually good at something. I found a way to be proud of myself and through her, I was able to see me and the things that I could be proud of about me. And that was a real challenge because at this point in my life, I had never seen, felt anything good about me. And so um, my, you know, my daughters really helped me embrace finding things to be proud of and being able to celebrate. So at 33, I, I was married. And then at 33, we had spent 17 years of our lives together. I decided to get divorced. I recognized that this is in an alignment with how I want to live and that I need to fix it or else I was going to create two more problems looking exactly like mine. So <laughs> that led me down a path of, um, picking more narcissistic men. And each time it just continued to get worse with each, you know, situation. It started with verbal and emotional abuse. And then finally it led to, you know, physical, uh, sexual, emotional, verbal abuse. And then that's when I finally had to say, okay, I, something, it's not everyone else. It's me. What is it within me that needs to be fixed in order to stop this cycle? So I dated myself for a year in 2000 and gosh, was that 2018? I dated myself for an entire year, thought I had made major progress. It was an incredible year. It was the first time I had ever been by myself and been able to reflect and start having all of these epiphanies. And I took 16 weeks and went up to Mount Shasta and focused on spending these 16 weeks alone by myself. I had never done that in my entire life. And it was literally, I felt like a 12 year old, right? Being released into the wild and not knowing who I was and how to, who was I? How do I date myself? This is scary stuff. And um, it ended up being the best, one of the best things that, you know, have happened to me. And so I think I'm ready and I'm ready for a relationship. And okay this guy and he's like seems super conscious and it's we're gonna get into this conscious relationship and it's gonna be amazing and then um, as we start to date unfortunately it was a long distance so that created some you know challenges but ultimately what I ended up deciding is that this individual um, was such a good guy such an amazing guy such an amazing man However, um, I think that we just weren't in balance in terms of our feminine and masculine qualities. And I kept having to lean pretty hard into my masculine and not allowing me to embrace that feminine. Yeah. So, brings me to this. So I have a conversation with a guy named Jake Woodard who specializes in you know, balancing feminine, masculine energy. And we start talking and he takes me through this process to kind of identify what my core wound is that's really holding me back from being able to have these, you know, magical relationships that I desire. And um, we start talking about shame and I reveal that 
I have shame. Clearly, I, I, ha I was harboring more shame than I had realized up to this point. And he asked me if I could recall my first memory of shame. Mm -hmm. And I disclosed to him a situation um, when I turned four, I started kindergarten. And the first day of school, it's nap time. The teacher leads us over to our mats. We lay down. And then I do what I normally do when it's time for me to lay down and try to fall asleep. And that's self-soothe. And so I used masturbation, you know, humping my pillow as a way to self-soothe to fall asleep. The teacher comes over, grabs me, yanks me out into the hallway, starts telling me I was doing something wrong, and then calls my mother. I go home. My mom has this conversation with me about how I can't masturbate. That's wrong. It's not acceptable. It's bad. All of the things. And so ultimately, this is where my root issues around shame and sexuality and intimacy truly uh, started. And so this carried into my adolescence and my adulthood and all of my relationships up to this point. Um, so that was really mind blowing for me yesterday to discover that potentially a lot of this imbalance within me being able to embrace my feminine essence is rooted in shame. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Can you help me understand this a little better? Yeah. And so the thing, you were obviously very young. Four years old is a really young age to have an encounter with something as feel good as masturbation. <laughs> right. But I'm not shaming you because I had a very young experience or I was very young when I experienced masturbation for the first time and I was actually humping a teddy bear in my auntie's bedroom. I remember it so vividly. I had never felt like that before, but I just knew that it felt good. Okay. Um, now, obviously I didn't know at the time that what I was really after was affection. Okay. So now back to your teacher making you feel shamed and what that's probably done to you well into your adulthood life. We're young. We were kids. We didn't know what we were doing was wrong. We just knew something about this feels good and I like it. Right. But if shame a kid before they can psychologically, emotionally, spiritually make connections to certain things, what we just know is, oh, well, when I did that, 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 I got really reprimanded for that. And now I'm unsure of what right and wrong is and why. And maybe I'm not a good person and maybe I don't make the best decisions. So, and so now I second guess natural things because masturbation is actually a natural thing and it does feel good. And so the last time I was shamed or one of the most significant times in my life that I was shamed for doing something natural, it stuck. Well, so, being feminine is natural because I'm a feminine being. My essence, my feminine essence is natural, but I don't know if this is right because when I was shamed um, at the most critical moments in my life, that was for something natural. So now I, for me to be feeling feminine, sensual, gentle, soft, alluring, domestic, pious, I don't know if these are right things because, well, I was shamed for natural things at such a young age. And if I don't want to feel that shame and embarrassment again, I'm just going to go away from the things that feel natural to me. And what are you naturally? A feminine being. So you know what? I'm going to reject that part of myself so that I don't feel that shame again. Wow. 
Yes. Yes. It makes so much sense. Like, as you're describing it, I'm thinking, gosh, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Shaming kids is, uh, I was watching the Charlie Kirk show. I love him. Don't know if you know him. I don't. He uh, more so deals with masculinity. Okay. Um, and he really hits college campuses hard. He's, he's all about, you know, God and masculinity and why it's so important to talk to men about certain things. And he was just talking about this today. Uh, and we said some of, the, some of the same things. You can't shame a person and then later on in their life wonder why the suicide or thoughts are so prevalent. Right. Or wonder why they feel like the worst person in the world. And so, well, oh, if we, tell the, we tell men, oh, you're the worst. You colonized the earth. You raped women. You stole countries. You're bad, bad, bad. And shame they had nothing to do with. And so now as an adult, I want to commit suicide. I'm a bad person. Instead of just saying, listen, get up earlier, find your purpose, work hard, pray, and, and, and figure out what's going on with your life. Shaming people at a young age is one of the worst things that we can do. Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting as you talk about this, a thought popped up and I, I was raised Catholic and I had to go to Catholic school and there was a part of me that started rejecting God at a very early age. I became very, very angry and very disassociated with my connection to source. I did not, I rejected, I rejected God for yeah. <laughs> quite some time. I'm going to be honest with you. And then I remember after the birth of my first daughter, I went to go to the Catholic church to get her baptized. And when I asked permission to have her baptized, the priest scolded me and told me what a terrible person I was, how I had basically brought this evil child into the world because I did it out of wedlock. And mm. so at 19 years old, I'm already being, you know, told that I, I brought this evil being into the world because of, you know, having a sexual encounter before marriage. And so for, after that, I, I think it was probably about a year or two after that, I just decided I was leaving the cat. I was leaving God. I was done. <laughs> Who is he? He doesn't love me. Why would I feel all this pain and shame and hurt in my life? Like, uh, over it. And so it really truly was not until I took that 16 week trip up to Mount Shasta and spent that time with myself alone where I finally had the ability to reconnect with him and invite him, invite God back into my life and back into my heart. And that's when beautiful things started happening for me personally, internally. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy that you had that encounter yeah. to go and find God again. I think it's one of the most authentic connections you can have with God, because how do you know something is really real if you've not had the opportunity to be without it or run from it? Right. Well, I, I'm, I shared this because I had the, the connection that there was shame around wanting to get her baptized. And that was the thing that really mm. abandoned. Man, the last 24 hours, so many, so many moments of awareness. Um, yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's why we're here. So I'm excited to really talk about, like, get into, get into it today. I really am. So for someone like myself who is single, has the awareness that there is a 
disconnection with accepting their feminine essence. How, how do you encourage me or someone listening who might, you know, be in a similar situation? What is your advice to them to get started with allowing that natural feminine essence back into their life? Absolutely. So I don't know if you know this, but I'm writing a book called Doctor's Orders. No, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited. It's going to be big. I'm going to make sure that the feminine world knows about it because there's so much healing, which is what Doctor's Orders is all about. Just jam-packed into this guide to help modern women reclaim their femininity. That's exactly what we're going to be doing in this book. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give you a snippet, okay? The first step to reclaiming your femininity or connecting to it for the first time is forgiveness of yourself and others. Mm -hmm. What you're saying to me about understanding that you had an encounter with shame at a very young age and what that did to you is, is, is setting you up for freedom, freedom to forgive yourself and to forgive others. And that's so important because Nothing I teach you about femininity will matter if you carry all this anger, resentment, and fear in your heart. You can't see the world through a clearer lens or a more clear or a clearer lens if it's shaded with all of that pain and misery and fear. Mm -hmm. And how do we get rid of that? We forgive ourselves and we forgive others for the past. Okay. That's first. Forgive yourself, forgive others for the past. And this cannot be taken lightly, which is why I spend so much time on forgiveness in the book. You need to give yourself a clean slate if you're going to really connect to your divine feminine. So let me ask you this question, because this is something that I did struggle with for a long time, especially around my ex-husband. What yeah. I kept waiting for that morning where I was going to wake up and I would feel like I'd be able to forgive him. And Mm -hmm. I really struggled with trying to initiate forgiveness towards others and towards myself. Mm -hmm. So one day I was driving in the car and I was listening to this episode on the radio and they were discussing forgiveness and they said, (laughs) not a feeling, it's a choice. And I literally pulled my car over and was like, what? What do you mean it's a choice? Oh, yes. (laughs) You mean I've been been waiting for morning after morning for all of these years and it's, I I could have just decided? What? So that was really (laughs) mind-blowing, but it was, it was such a beautiful gift because in that moment I decided. I'm going to choose to forgive and I, and it, it was easy. However, I feel like a lot of people really struggle with allowing themselves to initiate the forgiveness process. So what tips or, you know, what's your advice to them, those who are struggling with embracing forgiveness? Oh, Heather, this one is easy. Um, and it's easy because this is your life. Let that marinate. This is your future. This is your destiny. Do you honestly mean to tell me you are going to choose to spend the rest of your life miserable, anxious, uncertain, and happy? Because that's what's at stake if you do not forgive. 
And, and you're going to give that kind of power over to people who are no longer in your life. And then also you're going to give that power to, over to people who were not meant to stay. They were only passing through to teach you something. It was never a forever thing. It doesn't matter how that end came to be. It was never forever. Whatever they were supposed to teach you, listen, grab hold of the lesson and keep going. But all you're going to do if you stay in a place of unforgiveness is remain so miserably happy to the, pl to the point where that emotional pain can start to manifest into physical pain. And I've felt the physical pain of unforgiveness. It is not worth it. It is dangerous. And if you want to be happy, you're standing in your own path. Amazing advice. It's so, I mean, you know, ultimately it's easy to verbalize but I think there are many people out there that truly do struggle with recognizing that this is a choice and it is about how they are going to feel and carry out the rest of their days. There's mm -hmm. just that, I don't know what that is, but I think it was yesterday I was having a conversation with one of my daughters about forgiveness towards someone who did something unfavorable to her recently. And she looked at me and she got so angry and she was like, I'm not forgiving them. I'm, I'm just going to stay in this place right now because that's what I need. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. right. You know, I have, and I have a second part to this. Okay. I have a second part to this. And so um, here is a physical, here's some physical advice. Okay. For embarking on this journey to forgiveness. And this is also in my book and you'll read it. Forgiveness is not about um, being weak and giving, um, the, the person who hurt you a pass. Okay. And you don't even have to allow them back into your life, but what you can do is this, and you can write it down. You can say it to yourself as an affirmation every single day. Here's how I'm going to start on my journey to forgiveness. I am not okay with what has happened in my past. I am not okay with the abuse, the lies, the dishonesty, and I am not making excuses for it. But I am going to forgive because this does not have the right to claim me forever. Wow, that's beautiful. This does not have the right to claim me forever. I am not excusing it. I am not saying I am okay with what happened. I don't like what happened. But if I choose to not forgive, I am giving this the, the authority to claim my life Ever. Kelly, I think that that is absolute gold. Gold? <laughs> I like that. That yeah, is because You know what? When I hear you verbalize that statement, I can accept that statement because for, for one, it's allowing me to validate the pain that I felt. That was real. I felt it. I can accept that. Now it's, 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 putting you in a process of having to admit to yourself, okay, I felt the pain here. That was real. Mm -hmm. Do I really want to carry this pain forward and continue to feel it for the rest of my life? That does not no. make sense to me. No, no, exactly. I think that's gold. And oh my gosh, that is such a gold statement in terms of really being able to shift 
the thought process and repattern that belief system. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think people need to hear that because they think that if I forgive this person, I'm giving them a pass. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what if you are? But really, that's not what forgiveness is. <laughs> you're not giving them a pass. You're setting yourself free. So that's why I, I, it's so important to acknowledge. Listen, mm -hmm. it's okay to say, I am not okay with what happened. I don't like what happened, but I am fill in the blank. So acknowledge you're not okay with it first. If you need to do that, acknowledge that you don't like it. Acknowledge that you hated it. Mm -hmm. But... I'm not going to let it claim me forever. Man, I'm, I'm seriously changed. <laughs> oh. Seriously, that statement just unlocked something in my brain that made such logical sense. Why? Why would you continue to embrace that pain when you don't have to? It's, you can set yourself free. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I'm so blown away. Such great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, most welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, sharing snippets of the book with us prior to um, anyone else having this information. So thank you. I feel very, um, hopefully all the listeners feel as special as I do right now. <laughs> I hope they will. They will. I know that. I know that. So we got to start with forgiveness. And if you're struggling to forgive yourself, that affirmation is gold. So where do we go from there? So once you decide that you are going to forgive others and yourself for allowing or for, for thinking that you allow certain things to happen, um, the next step is going to be understanding the feminine nature and even understanding the masculine nature. And you need to understand both okay. because if you don't understand the respective natures, and we're talking about God given natures, God-given constitution. How did God design the man? How did God design the woman? What was already put in us mm -hmm. at the beginning and the creations of heavens and earth? What did God put in us? You know, because there are differences between toxic masculinity and toxic femininity versus no, this is our nature. This is God-given. This is put in us. It's not meant to be tampered with, tainted with, changed nothing these are the things that are supposed to carry us into the very last day of humanity so understanding the respective natures is next right and that's so important because it's like okay now that i've forgiven myself and i've forgiven others and i've have and i have a clean slate where do i go what do i do now i feel good i feel set free well now you need to understand and you need to go back and understand the basics and i call the natures the basics because if you don't understand what your role is and what your essence is, if no one's ever talked to you about it, how do you actually fulfill it and carry, carry it out? Right. So can you give just a, maybe a brief little description of what masculine and feminine energies are? Absolutely. So people think that, oh, it's just by happenstance, for instance, that men like to hunt, that they're aggressive you know, that they take pride in protecting or they feel insulted when you try to pay for things, real men that is, that's not, in, in, that's not by accident. They feel insulted at the very thought of these things because God set them up to hunt. If you trace history back as far as you can, you know, even if we're, you know, we're, we're, we're inside of caves and we're looking at the drawings on the wall, what were men doing? They had bows and arrows and spears and, you know, they were, 
they were there was bloodshed and there were animals being carried over their backs this is the way it was meant to be this is the way god set it up there is nothing wrong with masculinity toxic masculinity is what needs to be addressed not the very masculine essence of i'm a hunter i am a protector i am a provider I am set up to search for problems and solve them. I was set up to do that. And then when you look at these same um, kind of historical evidences, you see what were women doing? They were nurturing. They were carrying babies. They were gentle. They were loving. Their body language was warm and tender, right? And so I think about that. I'm like the woman's natural essence is to be gentle, nurturing, loving, vulnerable. Okay. The man is like, I don't got time. And I'm like, I'm trying to do this, like this masculine voice, but the man is like, Oh, me don't have time to be uh, loving and uh, nurturing and vulnerable. Me have to kill and provide food and hunt. A man is not necessarily thinking about loving and gentility when he's like, I've got Buffalo and, and I've got deer to hunt because there's a whole family structure back home who must eat to survive. Mm-hmm. Those are our natures. And we are having such a difficult time because women are trying to do their thing that the the masculinity thing and then wonder why they're struggling in femininity and men in some ways have become a little bit more passive and too gentle and too beta and wondering why they're struggling in masculinity wow this hits home so hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm sitting here thinking about my own journey over these last many many years and we've all been there I mean, it's, it's wow. Yeah. I'm yeah. So can you explain a little bit about maybe what the masculine toxicity and the masculine or the feminine toxicity can look like? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's a re- so we, there are many arguments about how this whole more alpha woman and beta man energy introduced itself into our ecosystem. There are many arguments. And so I'll skip that part. All I know is the results. Um, And so toxic masculinity is, is, is a set of actions. And this is actually in the book too, is a set of actions and beliefs and behaviors that essentially makes them see women as second class beings. When we're thinking about binary dualisms, we have the and other. Toxic masculinity makes men believe, or certain men believe, that the woman is the other to the the. Mm, And that the other cannot exist properly and fruitfully without the the. When in all actuality, masculinity cannot exist properly and fruitfully without femininity. So we are not the lesser of the binary dualism. We are the equivalence Okay. And so that's what toxic masculinity can look like, you know, and and making women feel like, you know, uh, you can't do the same kind of job that I can do, especially when we're talking about jobs that involve more intellectual, um, more intellectual work. Mm-hmm. Um, that you see that a lot, which is why there's such a, there's always such a battle in corporate America where there's been for a while, like, oh, women are too emotionally to do the hard jobs, to do the thinking jobs, to do the math, the technologies, the sciences, they're too, they're too this for that. We are better at those things. Or you shouldn't have a voice when it comes to certain things, or you are only good for being a domestic being or figure. 
you're only good for that. Now, now, absolutely, from the, like I said, if we trace history back, the woman uh, was the more domestic figure, but it's not all that she was. And toxic masculinity would have you believe that, okay? So those are some examples of toxic masculinity. And that's a problem because it's made women feel shamed. And it's like, well, what if I am a domestic figure? I want to tuck that part of myself away because I would, I don't want to run the risk of being seen as only that. Right. No. So that being domestic is beautiful. It's one of what the woman's strengths. Have you ever watched a man try to manage the house? Listen, it's a mess. Right. It just is. I've seen it with my own eyes. Even when they try there are men who are good at it, but typically things are out of order. They're not as organized. It doesn't smell as good. Listen, it's a mess. That is just not their general God-given constitution. There's nothing wrong with that. But on the, on the flip side, would you rather be in the field mowing the lawn, changing the oil, mounting the TVs? And when you say that to women, they're like, oh, gross. No, I, hell no. I am not. I'm not getting on the roof. They, 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 they freeze. Whereas a man, they're like, yeah, I'm ready. Oh, oh, I'm ready. Let's fuck it up. I feel so targeted right now. I'm like sweating. I have sweaty armpits. I'm like, this does not feel good. Here's why. As you were talking about all of this, all I can hear in my head is I was a stay-at-home mom for the first 14 years um, after my first daughter was born. And I was married to an individual who liked to remind me on a daily basis that my existence in this world was because he allowed for me to exist by providing for me. Mm. So then you're going on and you're saying, um, you know, so not only did I get shamed for being the domestic person, but then I also had to get on the roof and clean the leaves out, cut the trees down, get them out of the yard, mow the yard build playgrounds for my children, build uh, ponds in the yard and gardens. I did both. I did it all. Now I'm like, okay, Heather, it's all making so much sense now. He was just a narcissist who was confused about his own role and then tried to shame you for your role too. Right. And here's where I got confused as a young child being nurtured in a narcissistic environment. I misunderstood his confidence. I thought what his confidence was, you know, was actually really cockiness and insecurity disguised, you know, all of his um, insecurities and whatnot of his narcissistic personalities. But as this young girl, I think, wow, this guy's so confident. That's what I want. I want the man. That's what I need. I need someone to take care of me. And then, you know, insert long story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and so you know what? That actually brings me to the second part of the question. You said, well, what are some examples of toxic femininity? Because women um, have bought into this notion that we're so oppressed and that there just aren't individuals who have toxic attitudes that we are the victims. Mm -hmm. And what does that lead to? You have women who... Um, they don't care to be affectionate. They don't care to be nurturing. They don't care to do domestic activities at all. Um, and, and, and so that's one, of the, that's one thing about toxic femininity. They think that the world should give them everything simply because they are a woman. And we didn't have the same sort of start in this world as men. 
and that we are oppressed. And so me being a terrible person or a person that says mean things um, is justified because the man should be able to take it. I'm not as strong. I don't make as much money. I don't have the access, access to the same resources. So I should be able to literally get away with murder. That is one example of toxic femininity. Um, and we also enter into this culture where since women feel like I am the victim and that I am the uh, fragile character, I should be taken at my word because I am gentle and innocent. Well, if I scream out rape or I am uncomfortable or this person has assaulted me, I should just be believed. Mm -hmm. And even when I didn't mean it and I just tried to hurt somebody, because again, toxic femininity and I am the victim, I, I, get, I don't get reprimanded for literally turning or potentially turning this man's world upside down. Okay. So there's this princess attitude almost that there are no consequences for me as a human being. I should get a pass on everything because I'm a woman and I don't need to do my part in this ecosystem. Wow, yeah, I, I see that a lot. I can definitely recognize that in our today's world for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't um, connect with that for myself, but I definitely see that happening um, in society for sure. Wow. Absolutely. Man, I am just like, my brain is over here and I'm still sweating. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and my, I don't, don't let me make you feel any way, truly. Don't. What do you mean? Um, like, I know that this is a lot of information and listen, I get, I talk to a lot of women and I want women to know, uh, whatever I do, please know that my heart is in it. Oh, I feel that. I, I definitely hundred percent. And Good. I, that means a lot. I'm very blessed that the universe um, brought us together to have this conversation. I think that for me specifically, this was the next phase of what was initiated yesterday unexpectedly for me <laughs> to really be able to have the connections and the awareness consciously so I can start making and choosing differently. So, yeah. so you know, I, I really do desire to... Um, be in a loving, nurturing relationship. I do feel that I want so desperately to connect with that feminine essence within me. And so you have helped definitely validate that working through the forgiveness and the shame is the only way through for me. The only yeah. way. I just have to do it. And as we're having this conversation, I'm starting to recognize all of the places where shame is presenting itself, like, you know, around the, the wounded masculine who's making me feel guilty and reminding me that my existence is because of him. There's a lot of shame here. And I really, truly did not recognize how much, how much was actually there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we're here then. Yeah, this is, I, I'm blessed. I am so grateful. I so received this. Thank you, universe. <laughs> absolutely thank you god god is amazing no god is literally um you know i definitely had to forgive myself for letting him out of my life and inviting him back in i'm very grateful for being able to get to that place um the moment I opened my heart and asked god to come back in it wasn't only a like an, 
it was a complete feeling. <laughs> physical, mental, emotional. It was a very overwhelming feeling of inviting his presence back within this human body to allow my spirit to receive. It was um, a beautiful moment for me. So when is the book coming out? Oh man, so I am scheduled or I am pushing for a heart date of October 1st. Whoa, that's soon. That is pretty soon. Um, and and um, I was trying to get it released a little bit sooner but then i really realized i have someone who is writing for the new york times and the washington post really helping um, me with this process and so i'm very fortunate and blessed and so when i sent uh the feedback or the final kind of review for the book she said uh i, I know you think you wrote a book and the content is lovely but you're about twenty thousand words too short oh wow <laughs> for this to essentially be considered a serious piece of uh, literary work. And you know, I didn't take any offense and it caused me to go back to the book and really look at it and go, you, you're selling your readers short, go into this, go into this more. And so now I'm in the process of really, you know, getting more into the meat, I'm almost done. And then I've got to submit it to, you know, editing, formatting, illustration, and you know, the final reviews. And so I'm pushing for October 1st, it's going to be a great fall time read, it's getting colder, people are going to be inside more. And it gives women an opportunity to listen, get your girlfriends, sit around the fire, grab some red wine and read and heal yourself into the best place ever. Heal yourself back to your femininity because we we're born feminine. It just wasn't cultivated. It just wasn't, you weren't talked to about it, or maybe you were on that path. And then you were, after a series of uh, disappointing relationships, you just, you, you left it as a defense mechanism. And so this is perfect. This is perfect. It's a perfect fall time read. There's no going out. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, I and wait. I hope that you'll tell your followers about it. Cause it's going to oh. be, everybody's waiting. Absolutely. A hundred percent. We and, um, definitely. Listen, I get so many DMs, Heather, um, because there are so many women who are like, help. No one's really talking about femininity the way you are. And there are so many pages and, you know, the information is like, yeah, uh, touch your body, um, um, take hot baths. That's how you feel feminine, dress pretty. And yeah. I'm like, that's a part of it. But femininity is so much more than that. And if you don't understand your nature, then you're dead in the water. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So give me, it's, it's the weekend. I'm really wanting to step in and assume radical responsibility for stepping into my feminine essence. What sure. are some things that I could embrace this weekend to help me get more connected with that energy? Okay, absolutely. Well, so I, I, I want to give... What I'm getting from my own experiences and from my feminine community online is that I lost, you lose sight of your femininity in a couple of ways. Again, either it was never really taught to you or nurtured from maybe by your mother or your grandmother, or you've been in a series of relationships with men and even friends, and you felt like your femininity was the reason you were taken advantage of, and so you abandoned it. You, you abandoned it for a defense mechanism. Spend some time this weekend uh, figuring out which one of those it was. Either it wasn't nurtured and you never had it, or you were on a feminine path and you just decided this is really causing me to be hurt and I don't want to be this. So you only got one other direction to go in, which is masculinity, because there are only two sexes. 
And I can answer that question very easily. It's very apparent. I'm very aware of, of that. I I was definitely exposed to the feminine essence. um, And it's really interesting because the household that I grew up in, it was a very toxic, dysfunctional household, but I was, it was a very love, affectionately loving, nurturing home as well in many ways. And it's, I think that that's because it was a blended family. It was many generations. It wasn't just my mom and dad. We had a lot of family dynamics in there. Yeah. Ultimately did present a lot of problems because there were so many parents. You just tuned everyone out. But um, (laughs) anyway, so I know that part of it is definitely um, the latter part where, you know, it's been a defense mechanism. I think that it goes back to not feeling safe about being an attractive female. I feel like I wanted to be valued for my brain, for my abilities, for my, you know, emotions, for all of the other ways that I could show up in the world and having that message of, it's okay that you're not smart, but you're pretty. Someone will take care of you. I feel like it, that was the wedge that really caused me to kind of say, okay, it's not safe to embrace that femininity because that's, they're only going to want you for your looks and what you have to offer sexually, not you. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And, and I, and I absolutely honor that and I get it. And I think you are amongst the fortunate few that understand the source of the problem, Mm. but there are a lot of people who do not understand what this is really about until they have a heart to heart with someone like me. And they're like, that's why I'm struggling with my femininity, you know, and they've never thought about it. They just know there's a problem. I'm scared. I'm tired. I'm in the thirties and forties and, and I cannot connect to my femininity and men don't want me. And I don't know where this started and I don't know. And so you're fortunate, but I say to people really try to figure out, think far, think far back or as far back as you can and try to figure out where this all started and what, what, what it's about. Because if no one's posing that question to you, you don't even know, I need to go back to my root and stop trying to address all these individual stems. So you mean femininity is just not wearing makeup and putting on a dress? That's Absolutely the- not. That's one of the stems. That's one of the fun stems. But we need to be getting to the root, okay? Because once you take care of the root, all of that beautiful feminine essence, all of those beautiful feminine-like expressions, like the makeup and like the, the pumps and just like those social constructs, essentially, that we're naturally you know, attracted and aligned with, all that stuff will happen, but we're talking about the root. We're talking about the understanding. And so this weekend, you know, if someone is trying to overcome or trying to figure some things out, it will be good to try to figure out how this all started. You know, was it the, I never got it, you know, growing up or was it, I had it and I lost it along the way. And so write that down. And then the next thing that you can do is based on that answer, if this was because I never got it, understand what the nature of a woman is and start thinking about ways that I can relax and and be okay with that. I am gentle. I am loving. I am kind. I prefer to love first. Learn to really be okay with that. Talk to yourself about what that means and how you can implement it into your life. Listen, I don't always have to be on the defense when something happens that I'm not pleased with. Okay. I'm gentle. Mm. 
Okay, I am nurturing. It's okay for me to tell the people in my life, hey, I'm thinking about you and I love you and not worry about looking weak or like, what if they don't feel the same way? That's okay. This is your nature. Honor those things. Such great advice. Such great advice. Listeners, the book, Doctor's Orders, October 1st. Trust me. (laughs) Will it be available for pre-order? You know what? I'm more than likely, we're working on a pre-order site because people are asking almost every day now. And I'm like, I need to give them something. And listen, Heather, like there's so much bubble gum out here, you know, like claim your femininity, get your Brazilian wax and buy Louboutins and take over the world. And it's like, what the, pardon my language, what the fuck is that? Yeah, no. What is that? What is that? And so I don't want to get lumped into that category. This is years of healing and heart and experiences that I'm pouring into this book. And so women are like asking, but I'm like, you will, you will be very, very um, thrilled that I took the time that I have to really pour into this book. This is not bubble gum, one, two, three, I'm a woman. This is not that. I can't wait. I cannot. <laughs> well, I am so grateful for your connection and your time and sharing your expertise and your heart and your soul with us today. It was so beautifully received and I just feel so whole and so joyful right now. Um, I'm very excited for you. So very excited. I wrote a book back in 2015. It was called Getting Intimate in the Kitchen, Bringing It Back to Basics. And it was kind of, you know, really trying to get people to embrace the when we used to be families and and sit down together and have meals and be wholesome and and nurture yeah oh girl listen i that is such a beautiful piece of work do you understand um what you just said about the family uh is it the family is under attack in modern society and we all know that god and completion comes in the form of family right and so you're like wow uh and and i was looking at these statistics i think it was like back in 1969 or 1970 or something like that um these these sociologists they noticed that father absence was on the rise. They were like, oh my goodness, this is becoming an epidemic. And back then for minorities or blacks, black families, it was like 25% of kids were born out of wedlock. And then for Asian and white families, it was significantly lower than that. Cut to today, I think 25% of white kids are born out of wedlock and 75% of black kids and uh, Latina kids are born out of wedlock so this is the lack of family is becoming an epidemic it is with you i designate part of my practice towards individuals who are going through rehabilitation so for drug um drug alcohol eating disorders and you know like sexual um addictions and they the reality is all of these problems, these addictions that they have are so, they're, they're the result of growing up in these environments where they weren't getting their needs met and then they find these vices, right? So mm-hmm. that's something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, I'm excited. I really feel like we're having a paradigm shift and, and what is to come is going to be beautiful for we're going through a cleansing right now and it's preparing us for what's to come. So 
I hope, I really hope to see that we can get back to embracing that family dynamic um, and, and coming together and nurturing one another. We will. People are tired, Heather. They know that whatever we bought into, we were lied to. This is just, this does not work. Men and women, masculinity and femininity being at war, women wanting to be men, men thinking that they don't have to step up. People are tired and both sides are, they've shifted from blaming one another to just saying, all right, what do I need to do? Because if I can get better and control my own reality, then I can change what I attract. And if everybody's doing that, then there's healing taking place, right? On both sides. Absolutely. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever asked yourself, why can't I stick with it? Do you often get stuck in cycles of trying to make changes for a healthier life, but then end up right back where you started? I want to introduce you to my eight-week coaching program, Retrain Your Brain, designed to help you break emotional patterns, stop self-sabotage, and develop conscious behaviors for a healthy lifestyle. Enrollment for the next program is officially open. We start October 28th. And if you head to heatherderanja.com or find the link in the show notes, you can use the code HEAL25 until October 3rd to get 25% discount on the program. This program is the roadmap to expanding your health, happiness, and consciousness. If you're tired of starting over or you have been on a healing journey for a while but you feel stuck, then come join me in the program. If you're ready to build better beliefs, overcome chronic stress, anxiety, and depression, release the attachment to your pain and heal your subconscious mind to stop self-sabotage so you can truly thrive, then this is the program for you. Click the link in the show notes or go to heatherderanja.com to register and make sure you use the code HEAL25 to get 25% off until October 3rd. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.